everyone, my name is Ryan Stacy, and welcome to the Hockey Minds Podcast. This podcast is powered by Instat, the leader in video and data analysis. Instat Hockey supports all levels of our game worldwide with video breakdowns and or scouting services. For more information, visit Instat on the web at instatsport.com or on Twitter at Instat Hockey. Today I'll be joined by Jim Midgley, assistant coach with the East Harlem Roosters. Jim has a wealth of experience at the junior, pro, and university level, bringing insight and a long list of NHL players in his coaching resume. The stories of his interactions and discussions are detailed and interesting, bringing a unique interview to the table. With that, here is Jim Midgley, assistant coach with the East Alone Roosters. Today we're joined by Jim Midgley, assistant coach with the East Island Roosters. Jim, thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to have you on. And we talked a little bit here uh, before this started, and uh, we talked about some of your experiences and and you know mutual contacts and stuff like that. But I think you have a great story that people are going to be really interested in hearing. So how about you talk a little bit about yourself, uh, speak to your upbringing, while also speaking to where you're from and your involvement in sports growing up. Yeah, no, I'm. Uh, I guess we'll start with my age, and I don't want to don't want to sound like I'm I'm too old, but uh, 41 years old, and uh, yeah, so I'm from Hamilton, uh, from I guess from Townsend, Ontario. Uh, my folks now live in uh, my folks now live in Hamilton, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's actually an interesting story. Uh, I come out to St. Mary's in in 1998 uh, after a three year OHL career and. And I guess I'm a half Maritimer now, so I've been in the Maritimes uh, probably more than I have uh, lived in Ontario. So uh, been blessed to uh, to be involved in hockey. Uh, you know, as you, as you said, it's an interesting uh, story and, and career I've had so far, and I really enjoyed it. So um, yeah, so that's sort of where we're at right now. And uh, you know, right now I'm in Halifax uh, for the off season, and I'll be heading back over to uh, to Germany probably. It looks like the end of September, beginning of October. Yeah, it's just one of those things, I guess, you kind of got to, well, you know, just wait and see how things go. But um, it's obviously interesting hearing about, you know, growing up in Ontario and taking the opportunities out east and enjoying your time in Atlantic Canada. Uh, you touched on a little bit that you played there in OHL. So you had the opportunity to play in OHL and you would go on to play with a few more teams in various leagues. Uh, touch on your playing career as a whole and how it prepared you to, you know, dive into coaching once you were finished. Yeah, no, I, I grew up in a small town, like I said, in, in, in Townsend, uh, Ontario, and played my minor hockey in Hagersville. And, uh, you know, it, it's just a rural, uh, a rural little town. And, and uh, you know, it's, it's actually a C hockey center. So there was no AAA back when I played, uh, um, you know, my minor hockey. So I actually had to start playing, uh, start playing uh, junior C hockey when I was 14. So I played for the Simcoe Storm for two years as a 14 and 15 year old uh you know, so I, I learned to grow up early, learned to, uh, you know, ride the buses, uh, you know, at, at a young age. And, you know, I don't think my mom was overly happy about uh, hanging out with, uh, you know, 20-year-olds at the time. But uh, so, yeah, two years of uh, Simcoe Storm Junior C as a 14 and 15-year-old. And then uh, 16, sort of where my sort of where my career sort of probably took off. And uh, I had the opportunity to play with uh, Joe Thornton there in St. Thomas, uh, St. Thomas Stars Junior B. So that was Joe's hometown and I was 16 and Joe was 15. So that was, uh, that was a real cool, uh, real cool experience. And, and uh, we know the uh, Hall of Fame career that, that Joe's had and, 
And, uh, you know, there's another first round pick, uh, Brian Wilsey, uh, to the OHL. He went to Guelph that year. Uh, I was, uh, I was a second round pick to North Bay. Joe was, uh, a, the second overall pick, uh, actually Daniel Tuchuk went first to the Barry Colts and, and, uh, Joe, Joe ended up going second overall to the, to the Stu Greyhounds. So that was my 16 year old year. And, uh, that was an unbelievable year. We ended up going to the, uh, Sutherland cup in, uh, in junior B and, and that was a lot of fun. And, you know, I probably owe, uh, Joe a little bit, uh, for bringing all the scouts to the rink and I had the opportunity to, to get drafted as well. And, and, uh, so yeah, so that was my 16 year old year and then drafted, uh, as I said, to, uh, to North Bay and spent a year and a half in North Bay. Uh, and then traded uh, at the trade deadline to uh, to Belleville. So a year and a half from Belleville, um, and then uh, ended up coming out here, as I said earlier, to, to St. Mary's in 1998, and had a four-year four year CIS career there. And, and then I went on to play uh, one year pro hockey in Fort Worth. So that's sort of my playing career. So, um, uh, you know, it sounds like long-winded, but uh, that's where I came from. Yeah, it, it's exciting when, you know, you can look back on your career and, like you said, you can touch on these players that you played with and obviously Joe Thornton being a, you know, a, a pretty substantial player to be able to say I was his teammate and you look at the career that Joe has had, as you mentioned, um, and then also being able to have success at the OHL and transfer that to uh, university hockey and, and also play year pro just kind of goes to show uh, the success you had during that age group. Um, you know, you, you touched briefly on having the scouts in the arenas and you, you kind of, you know, said that Joe maybe was the one that kind of brought them in and, and everybody else reaped the benefits. But uh, cycle back to that draft year where you were drafting the second round and briefly walk us through that draft process and maybe some of the things you remember experiencing during that year where, you know, it's a lot of influences and a lot of scouts in the buildings. Yeah, it's actually interesting. I, uh, I was uh, at a Junior B uh, tryout in Petrolia Junior B, and, and at that time, Mark Hunter and Dale Hunter and, and Bobby Gould were running the Petrolia Jets at the time. So I'd, uh, I had been invited to a, to, a, to a camp there, and it was sort of a, an ID camp. And there was a gentleman by the name of Rick Smith, and Rick uh, now is uh, – I believe he's still scouting for the London Knights. And my brother always tells me he runs into him in the ring. So, uh, so Rick was, uh, was the general manager of the St. Thomas stars at the time. And he was there watching, uh, watching the Petrolia ID camp. So, uh, so at the time, uh, Rick had approached my dad. He found my dad in the stands and, and invited, to, invited me to come to the St. Thomas Stars camp, which was the following weekend, their ID camp. And uh, it's really funny. Uh, I think the camp was sort of split up into two or three different groups. And I was in the first group, and I thought I did pretty well uh, from what I remember. And I remember uh, uh, Rick Smith uh, pulling myself and my dad and my mom into uh, in just into a separate separate room and saying that they had really liked what they saw the first day. Um, so they sort of offered me a spot, and uh, I remember uh, Rick going, you're, you know, you're going to have a lot of fun playing with this, uh, this Joe Thornton guy. And, uh, so Joe was, you know, six, you know, I think he was six, four at the time. And, and, uh, he was on the session after us. So I remember dad's like, Oh, we got to go out and watch this guy. And, and Joe just dominated. And, uh, as a 15 year old and he was, he, you know, he was really good. And, uh, like I said, uh, you know, I mentioned Brian Wilsey and Brian was the same age as me. He's a 78 birthday as well. And, so there was Joe, who was a 79, and then myself, and uh, and we were just the three young rookie guys, you know, just the three young rookies on our team. And 
and like I said, we had a really good team. We were, you know, we had a great coach, uh, Rob Hooper, who's, uh, who's now a player agent in, uh, in Ontario and, and Rick Smith did a good, great job of, uh, you know, of building our team. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I remember at the trade deadline, he brought in some older guys, some experienced guys, cause, uh, you know, we were right there and, uh, you know, um, like I said, we went on to the Sutherland cup that year, um, you know, we ended up playing against uh, to the Stratford Cultons in the final. They had Boyd Devereaux. They had some really good players on their uh, on their team too. Went on to have good uh, OHL and NHL careers too. So it was it was a lot of a lot of fun. And uh, like I said, uh, you know, Joe and I are still uh, you know still friends. We're not overly close friends, but we still stay in contact. And their families uh, been really good to, uh, to to my family in terms of any time needing you know, something for auctions or different things like that. And I had the chance to go down and see Joe in Boston. And my brother was down in, in San Jose to see a game too as well. So um, just an outstanding person, people. Um, but, uh, you know, like I said, I was fortunate enough to play that year. And, and, and you know, anytime, you know, you got that guy bringing scouts into the stands. And, I, you know, obviously, that you know, I caught their eye as well. Yeah, that's great. And I'm sure at some point, you know, practicing with him and, and playing with him, uh, aside from just being around him and having that association, uh, you know, like I said, challenging yourself to kind of elevate your game to hopefully uh, bring to his level and, and you know, that, that can help you as well. And that's kind of that same culture you see throughout hockey, you know, everybody wants to be the best. And when you see someone working twice as hard as you, it ultimately makes you work twice as hard. So that's a great experience and something I want to touch on just, uh, you know, you being a player who uh, went through that process of being uh, drafted and scouted at that age. So in 2003, you started coaching with Acadia at the university level. When did you know you wanted to start coaching and discuss your experience in that initial coaching role? Yeah, no, uh, like I said, uh, uh, from 98 to 02, I, I, I played at St. Mary's and, you know, part of uh, being a student athlete is you needed to work. And, uh, you know, uh, we had a hockey school for four weeks at, at, at St. Mary's and my, my third and fourth year, uh, I was part of, uh, part of that. I, I actually ended up going home my first and second year uh, to work in the steel mill where my dad worked. And, and uh, so my third and fourth year uh, had the chance to work a hockey school and, you know, I really enjoyed it that, you know, I didn't know it was only hockey school, but, but the teaching part, the development part. Um, and, and it's funny, like towards, towards the end of my third and third year and leading into my fourth year, um, you know, the coaching staff here at St. Mary's just gave me the lead role to, to, uh, to, to run the sessions and do the sessions. So that's where I really got the itch to coach. Um, you know, how I ended up at Acadia, it's, uh, you know, I ended up uh, breaking my ankle playing in, in Fort Worth and uh, I knew I wanted to coach and a good friend of mine, Troy Ryan, was looking to leave Acadia uh, and he ended up uh, taking the uh, junior A job in the Anaganish Bulldogs then. Um, so uh, the uh, assistant coaching job at Acadia was uh, was open and, uh, you know, we talked about it a little bit earlier before we we went on the, before we started, uh, how small the hockey world is. Darren Burns was uh, my assistant coach at St. Mary's for my first two years, he ended up going back to Acadia where he played to, uh, to be the head coach. And he was obviously looking for an assistant coach when Troy, when Troy uh, moved on to Ganesh. And I remember when Bert, uh, Bernsey took the head coaching job at Acadia, he had called, uh, you know, he had called the returning players and said he wasn't uh, going to come back. And he was taking the job at Acadia. And I remember the conversation Bernsey uh, having with me he said, uh, you know, I'll probably end up hiring his assistant coach one day. And then sure enough, 
uh, you know, 2003, like you said, uh, Burnsy hires me as a, as a, an assistant coach and just a great, great experience for me. Uh, you know, really kicked off my coaching career. Burnsy gave me a, uh, you know, a, a huge role with the team, changing the forwards, uh, running the hockey school, learning budgets, learning how to order equipment. Uh, it was just a, a, a great experience for me uh, to, to start my coaching career. And uh, obviously I was, I was a young guy then the players weren't, uh, were not, uh, you know, too much older than me. And, uh, you know, so it, it was really cool. Um, you know, I, I, I played with Kevin Baker in Belleville and had the chance to coach him uh, at Acadia. Uh, he had come back to, from, from a uh, early pro career, a two-year pro career. And then uh, Keith Delaney, a, a guy I played with at St. Mary's, uh, came to Acadia to play our fifth year, to play his fifth year. He did his, uh, his uh, education degree at, at Acadia and ended up, uh, we ended up winning the AUS that year. So it, it, it was a, you know, I, I, you know, I can't thank Burnsy enough for, for what he did for, for me, for my playing career and obviously my, my coaching career as well. So th that was just a great experience for me down at Acadia. It's always interesting to hear about those initial coaching experiences and a lot of times uh, people will say maybe it's at the AAA level, but it's interesting to hear that you're able to do it at the university level. And a lot of times at that, you know, in that age group, you're working with some mature players. A lot of times it could be guys coming from the OHL or the QMJHL or wherever it may be. And I guess uh, being forced to work with players who, like you said, probably aren't that much of an age difference than you, uh, you know, it, it forces you to kind of uh, grow up in a sense of your coaching style and kind of, work to uh, be able to coach them to the highest capability. So after a few seasons, after working there, you would move on to St. John in an assistant coach role. Uh, how did that opportunity present itself? And what did you learn uh, during your preliminary year in the QMJHL? Yeah, again, it's, it's talking about how small the hockey world is. Is I remember going uh, on a recruiting trip uh, to recruit uh, uh, David McDonald, actually, we never ended up getting him to come to, uh, to, to Acadia, but he, uh, he ended up going to St. Mary's where I played. So that's, I guess that's okay. So, uh, ended up being a captain there at St. Mary's. Uh, so it's real funny. Uh, Mike Dawson, uh, he scouts for the Carolina Hurricanes, uh, right now. He was my roommate at, uh, St. Mary's, uh, a former teammate and roommate. And, uh, Mike was doing his MBA, played, uh, played four years at, uh, played four years at Acadia. Uh, comes to St. Mary's and does his MBA and, and ends up playing uh, my rookie year. Um, uh, so so Mike's fifth year was my first year and Mike and I hit it off, became real good friends. He's an Ontario guy. Uh, we went to a lot, ton of hockey games together, lots of Moosehead games and went to the junior B games around the, around the city of Halifax and junior A games. And we had a blast doing that. And he loved hockey just as much as I did. And uh, so we hit it off. So Doss and I uh, moved in together our second, my second year. Doss didn't play, but, uh, you know, he was coming to a lot of our games to watch the games. He was finishing his uh, second year of his MBA program. Um, so uh, Mike had ended up moving to St. John to work with Hockey Canada with Trevor Murphy at Hockey Canada for a year. And he was also a part-time assistant coach with the Sea Dogs. So I had made arrangements to, uh, to go up and recruit David McDonald. Um, uh, as I said, Mike was the assistant coach. I was staying with Mike for the night uh, at his place in uh, Quispamsis. And uh, so uh, watch the game, go down to see David after the game, talk to David, um, go in to see Mike uh, at the coach's office and have a few beers, uh, meet Jacques Beaulieu, who was the, uh, who was the head coach and uh, general manager at the time. Um, talked to him. He was from Ontario, knew some people that I knew. He worked for the Hunters. I knew the Hunters a little bit. Um, 
so uh, again, uh, how the hockey world works. Uh, he, uh, his assistant, uh, his full-time assistant coach was an Ontario guy, wanted to go back to Ontario uh, to be closer to home. Uh, you know, he had a part-time business uh, that he was running, trying to run, and uh, he just wanted to make sure that uh, that wasn't going to go under. So Jacques was looking for a, for a, a full-time assistant. Uh, I, as, as I said, I hit it off with him and uh, Mike that night talking hockey. And, you know, I remember having the drill board out in, in the coach's office, uh, you know, what I saw during the game and, and just different things. And, and, uh, four months, four or five months later, uh, Jacques was looking for like an assistant coach, as I said, and, uh, sent me an email, sent me a text and we shot the breeze. And next thing you know, I'm uh, assistant coach in the St. John Sea Dogs. So, um, yeah, so I always wanted to move up. I always wanted to coach at that level. And, uh, you know, so it was just another step in my career. Definitely. And, you know, it's one of those uh, right time, right conversation, right opportunity. Obviously, you made the effort to, uh, you know, do your recruitment process, but still taking that extra time to make that connection. And, uh, you know, like you said, have the coaches board out and kind of drawing up what whatever you've seen in the game, just taking that extra initiative to kind of poke your head in there and say, okay, this is what I think. And you never know. Sometimes those little conversations, whether they're, like you said, in the coach's room or sometimes it could be a coffee shop or a bus stop, you know, there's so many different um, conversations. And I talk with, you know, lots of coaches and general managers and scouts, and there's always these little conversations where you meet people um, that you sometimes, you know, you don't know what it's going to be, or sometimes it just makes, you know, someone that you uh, kick it off with and have a great connection with. Uh, off the top of my head, one conversation, and uh, it's more so just a friend I gained one night in Fort Erie. Um, had an opportunity to kind of watch a junior B game. I was actually uh, waiting for a bus that was about three hours past the time it was supposed to be there, so I was kind of waiting out there. And, and Ken Pierroff, who's a, an assistant coach with with Guelph now, he kind of just came in and started talking. And um, sure enough, now we're friends to this day. So again, some of those little conversations, you never know where they're going to be and who you're going to meet in those situations. So I think that's a great opportunity. It's great to hear that you uh, were able to kind of have that little promotion and go into uh, St. John. So after a few seasons in St. John, you then had the opportunity to go to the Halifax Mooseheads. Uh, discuss the task of, you know, changing teams after coaching in St. John and, and moving to Halifax and, you know, a pretty close proximity and uh, break down the overall journey of coaching in Halifax. Yeah, again, it's uh, it, it it's 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 about uh, I guess who you know, and uh, so it's it's interesting um, how it uh, how it uh, came about is is um, I had interviewed for the St. Mary's women's job, and um, so I had looked to get back to Halifax and loved Halifax, and was going through some. Uh, some personal stuff that, uh, you know, that I wanted to, to, to leave the St. John and, and, and go to, uh, get back to Halifax. And, and as I said, I played at St. Mary's and the women's job was, uh, was, uh, was open and, um, and, uh, ended up didn't get it. Uh, Chris Lorad ended up getting the, uh, getting the, uh, the women's job. Who's a, who's a great coach and is actually a great friend of mine. We've probably played uh, 15 rounds of golf, uh, you know, over the last couple of years together and him and I hit it off real well. So, um, so yeah, it's just, it's, it's scary how things work. Um, so, uh, the, the Mooseheads had made a coaching change and they had brought Dominic Ducharme in and Dominic Ducharme had brought, um, uh, Steve Hartley in who had, uh, who had they, who had they had worked together before. And there was a, there was a connection there. Um, so the, the Mooseheads were looking for, a, um, somewhat of an experienced, uh, 
assistant coach and they knew my background in terms of uh to coaching and being from uh, atlantic canada and dom and, uh, and steve were from uh, from quebec um so it's funny when cam russell was still playing cam was uh rehabbing with us with the saint mary's uh, saint mary's huskies so cam i was uh, the hockey guy that I am, I remember Cam being out in the ice and Cam always laughs about uh, these stories is uh, we'd be going up and down the ice and I'd be asking Cam stories about, uh, you know, Jeremy Roenick or uh, Joe Sackick or, you know, just different, different things in his playing career. And, and, and it was really funny uh, uh, him, uh, you know, trying to answer those questions uh, going up and down the ice and couldn't catch his breath. And I was just a hockey guy asking every hockey question I could. So, um, so Cam and I sort of uh, met each other there, um, and uh, so Cam knew a little bit of who I was, obviously from coaching the league and and, uh, and skating with us, trying to rehab his uh, trying to rehab his shoulder at the time. So um, they were looking for an assistant coach. I had reached out to Cam. Uh, 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 Trevor Steinberg gave me a good reference to Cam because Cam and, and Steining sort of knew each other from uh, from those experience days and. Uh, back in the day from those experiences and, and, and Steiny knew that I wanted to come back to Halifax. So Steiny put a good word in to, to Cam for me and interviewed. And then, and then I interviewed with Dominic Ducharme uh, as well. So that's how that uh, happened, uh, ended up coming to Halifax. And, um, you know, we were in a rebuild, uh, you know, they had just had the draft and we had, they had took, uh, we had took uh, Drew Ann and Fucali. We ended up uh, taking Fucali uh, with the, I, I believe the Lewiston Maniacs first round pick Lewiston had folded and there were some options there where we could pick up their draft picks were, I, I don't know, for sale, if you want to say that, or their draft picks were up for grabs and also their, their players were uh, sort of in like a lottery. Um, so we had ended up taking uh, Lewiston's for Lewiston's first round pick. So we had, uh, like I said, we were in a rebuild. We took Drouin. Uh, McKinnon went first overall to Bay and then we took Drouin second overall, uh, second or third, I, I forget because I wasn't part of it. And then we ended up taking Fucali later in the later in the draft as well. I think it was seventh. So, um, so yeah, I had just came into the Mooseheads just after the uh, after that draft, and uh, I had some experience with uh, um, with the Hockey Canada stuff. Uh, so I was the head coach of. Uh, of uh, hockey, uh, hockey New Brunswick's um, Canada Games team, and McKinnon obviously was the same age as the guys that uh, I was coaching against. So uh, Nathan was on the '95 Canada Winter Games team, so '95 Ageburg Canada Winter Games team, and I remember when I first got uh, first got uh, uh, hired with the Mooseheads, they asked me about McKinnon. I said, "Oh, this guy's the real deal. This guy's unbelievable. I would do anything to get this guy." And um, so we were at the time trying to acquire McKinnon's rights from Bacamo because Nathan didn't want to report to Bacamo. And uh, so, you know, a couple months later, a couple weeks later, I'm not sure exact timeline, but uh, we had ended up uh, uh, trading, uh, trading, uh, you know, a bunch of picks and some players to Bacamo to get McKinnon. So, you know, uh, walking in the Mooseheads with, you know, McKinnon, Drouin, Fucali is two primetime 60, you know, three primetime 16 year olds. And we had drafted Ryan Falkingham in the, in the uh, fifth round that year and ended up being our captain uh, down the road. And who was a huge part of our team and organization, just a great person, great, you know, great uh, hockey player for us. So we had those young guys plus some 
you know, some guys uh, that were already there and uh, that, you know, the draft, the year after the draft, uh, McKinnon's uh, 17, uh, 17 year old year, that following, uh, that, that following year was a pretty good draft for us as well too. So yeah, that uh, walk, in with those guys it was you know we were, obviously we were in a rebuild in that first year we had uh you know we had a great bunch of guys we had cam critchlow was our uh was our captain we ended up getting uh, traded uh, traded uh, his rights from i believe they may have been a bathurst or lewiston or something like that and uh so yeah so that that was mckinnon's 16 17 year old year that was the year where we uh we were down in the first round of the playoffs to quebec uh down three nothing and ended up in the series and ended up winning game seven and overtime drew and scored in the, uh, in the Coliseum, basically a cello crowd. That was, uh, that was uh, our, what I remember most about our, uh, that year with, uh, with McKinnon and drew and Fucali, obviously uh, being down and uh, Critchlow ended up scoring five goals, I think in game seven, four or five goals in game seven. But that was just, uh, that was just a crazy series. And that's what I remember most about uh, the uh, McKinnon Durant's first year. Yeah, it, I mean, anytime you get to work with players like that, it's uh, an exceptional experience. But it was interesting to hear how you ultimately got into Halifax. And again, it depends on who you know and the right opportunity. And um, you know, the, the cliche thing is everything happens for a reason. Obviously, you applied for the, the women's position and it didn't work out. And you said it obviously went to someone very deserving of the role. But um, it just goes to show that while one door closes, another one could open. And sure enough, you ended up in Halifax and were very successful during that time. So you touched on a couple of players, obviously McKinnon, Druan, uh, Nico Heischer, Merton Perk, uh, you know, Zadina, the list goes on and on. Uh, just talk about the opportunity to interact with these players on a daily basis and maybe touch on how it changed your approach to coaching uh, throughout your years in Halifax. Yeah, no, it's like you said, uh, real fortunate enough here in Halifax to, uh, you know, to have a great scouting staff, a great ownership. Uh, you know, we had a, 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 you know, obviously Cam Russell does a great job of, uh, of, of being a great general manager, acquiring picks and, and you know, making things work here too. So uh, like you said, I've had a uh, real good, uh, you know, uh, opportunity, um, you know, to work with two first overall picks. Uh, you know, obviously you can add Nico Heischer to, to with, with McKinnon. That was, uh, you know, another tremendous person, tremendous uh, player. Uh, you know, other first-round picks, like you said, uh, you know, Nikolai Ehlers, who's having a great playoffs right now with uh, with Winnipeg, who is, uh, you know, a good person. Uh, obviously, his skill set, uh, super fast. Um, really gritty guy for his size. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's been in a couple fights, a uh, couple fights, which you would never think of that. Um, Timo Meyer, um, first-round pick to to San Jose, who's, uh, who started off to have a great career in San Jose. Um, obviously, they've moved some guys out to give Timo a bigger role, and he's, he signed a, you know, a, a big contract that kicks in this year, too, so real happy for him. Um, like you said, Zadina. Zadina, uh, you know, just a pure shooter. Uh, first overall, you know, sorry, first round pick to, to, to Detroit, who, uh, you know, he's been in the American League, but you saw he got called up uh, – the end of the season uh, this year uh, finished had had a great uh, had a great finish there. Mackenzie Weger, who's who uh, I just watched this afternoon with the Florida Panthers, who is uh, you know more of a sleeper guy. He uh, you know he's a late round pick, uh, late round draft pick, um, and uh, you know he's he's just had a steady career in the NHL. He's just uh, a steady guy who uh, he plays tough. He's uh, 
and he plays tough. He's good in his own end. I was really impressed with his defensive game uh, today and uh, just a real steady guy. He was really good for us. He was uh, really reliable, really durable, uh, could play, uh, could play all day, never got tired. Um, so yeah, like you, like you said, uh, you know, I can go on and name, you know, a few NHLers, but uh, just as good as those guys were, we had some real good soldiers, Stephen McCauley, Darcy Ashley here, uh, Brent Andrews, Andrew Ryan, um, Stefan Fournier, uh, Trey Lewis, you know, and like I said, Ryan Falkingham earlier, uh, Brad Kusner. We had some real good soldier guys, you know, a good supporting cast to, to those stud guys that we had as well too. So, you know, obviously you need good players to, you know, to be a good coach and to have a good team and, you know, we were real fortunate here to have, uh, you know, to have those guys uh, come through our system and uh, they were just great players for us. So, you know, I, I, I touched on earlier just, just that first year with the Mooseheads and then obviously 2013 won the Memorial Cup. That was, you know, a highlight of my career and we only ended up losing six games that year and that was that was just awesome. McKinnon, you know, drew in were at FERC were our first line and then we had you know, I remember all three of those guys were gone to the World Juniors, and we I think we only lost one game while those guys were gone. And they, they were just – we had such good depth. You know, Luca Ciampini, Matthew Boudreaux, and uh, Ashley, I think, were our second line, and they just took took right off, and we didn't miss a beat. And obviously those guys who I said were huge parts of our team, but we had, you know, some real good leadership and real good guys. Conrad Abelscheiser on the back end, he had five points in the Mem Cup Finals, and – so yeah, so we were we were we were really good, real deep, and uh, so yeah, so that was my that 2013. That was my highlight of my career for sure, winning that Memorial Cup. And uh, you know, we we had some, we played some good teams out there. Uh, Domi and uh, Bo Horvath were with were with London, and uh, obviously uh, uh, Jones uh, Jones was with uh, Portland, and they had a really good team too. So they had a, they had some other real some other good players. They had Patan, they had Lipsick, they had. Uh, uh, Pouliot on defense. Uh, Carruth was a their goalie, a twenty-year-old goalie, was like unbelievable throughout the year and just didn't have a great game against us. So, yeah, two thousand thirteen. That was that was awesome. That was a that was a real cool year for us. That, that's a highlight of my, one of my highlights of my coaching career for sure. Definitely, and and you know, anytime you can work with those elite players, it's it's great. And then obviously having the success on top of that too. Uh, win a Memorial Cup and and have that prolonged success. It's it's exciting to hear about, and I'm glad you had the opportunity to be there. Uh, while working in the QMJHL, you're also involved in a number of different opportunities with Hockey Canada. Uh, you mentioned Team New Brunswick, Team Nova Scotia, another one, and uh, some other roles as well. Uh, what is your thought process for getting involved in these roles, which uh, you know some people consider like extracurricular on top of your maybe your main position and explain some of the experiences that you participated in, in those type of roles. Yeah, I was always a huge believer in, uh, in doing that, uh, the, the high performance stuff. Uh, you know, like you said, I did it with hockey, hockey, uh, New Brunswick. I did the under 14, under 15, under 16 stuff here in, in, in hockey, Nova Scotia. I think it was, it's just a, it's just another, uh, way to uh some some get some personal coaching development uh some professional development uh networking you know i can remember you know sitting up exchanging hard drives with uh you know the kevin mitchell troy ryan's just different coaches that i had the opportunity to coach with at, at those events and uh, just bag borrowing and stealing stuff and you know that that's coaching that's how 
that's how you get better uh, from networking. And, you know, you, you pick up three or four drills or you learn, you know, you learn a different breakout, you learn something, something different from, uh, from different coaches. And, you know, I was always, you know, I'm always looking to get better. I think, you know, during these crappy times with COVID, I think I've done more coaching development, professional development for myself. And it's, you know, just my choice. And, uh, you know, I think that's how you get better. So I was, I, you know, I was real fortunate to, uh, to get involved in that and you know, to be asked involved in that. Uh, you know, I, I started here with Hockey Nova Scotia. I went to Hockey New Brunswick and learned how they did different things there while my time in, you know, living in New Brunswick. And I had the coach, I had the chance to coach the, the Canada Winter Games team there. And that was a lot of fun. And it was actually here in, here in Halifax, uh, that, that Winter Games. And then um, doing the, uh, doing it uh here with hockey nova scotia uh the next winter games which was out west and uh in uh, port no that was in uh prince george i think so that was uh that was awesome that was a real cool experience as well i had a lot of good players there and um you know a lot of good uh a lot of good experiences uh uh with the staffs that i've uh that i've had the chance to work with too so um, like you said, I, I, I actually had the chance to do Team Atlantic quite twice, once as an assistant coach and once as a head coach. Uh, again, just, uh, you know, real cool first time, uh, you know, coaching against uh, international competition. That was, uh, that was uh, really neat uh, that, you know, obviously it's changed now. Back then it was five Canadian teams. Now it's three uh, Canadian teams. So it's changed since I was involved. And, you know, I think that's it. I think it's great that uh, Hockey Canada's, uh, change it to three to three teams um you know and just to, to up the competition uh, i think that's really good for for hockey canada and the players that are involved in it and uh you know then i had the chance to to sort of take a different role i was assistant coach here with the mooseheads uh and uh, got to go with the under 18s uh to, to the world championships in north dakota as, as a video coach so um that was a real cool experience um you know i i watched a lot of hockey then um caught a lot of film and and one thing that was great about working with that staff with, uh, with, uh, with them is, uh, they didn't treat me just as the video coach. They, you know, it was, uh, they, they do the experience that I had so that it, it was good. I had, you know, I had some say and had some, you know, learned a lot from those guys and I just wasn't, uh, pushing buttons, marking games. And, 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 you know, I had, a, I had a fairly big role with that staff too. So just, just great experience with uh, high performance things and, and uh, high performance program, and, and obviously uh, working with Hockey Canada. Anytime you get to represent your country, it's 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 an honor, and uh, you know, truly blessed that I've had those opportunities to do that. It's great to hear those experiences, and um, I'm always interested. You know, people always uh, look for the main roles, but it's those in between positions. Those uh, you know, you get invited to a U18 event or or Team, or team Atlantic or like you said, that, that one video coaching uh, experience you had there in North Dakota. So um, it's, it's good to get involved. And I think it just goes to show that no matter what level you're at, there's always an opportunity to uh, reach out of your comfort zone and, and try something new and make new connections and, and just see what else is out there. And uh, like you said, during COVID-19, it's an opportunity maybe from home to, to work on some things and do some professional development. But um, when you have the opportunity to go to these different events, it's almost uh, another tier of of development. So it's good to hear that you took advantage of those experiences. So this past season, you would transition to European hockey, joining the Echelon Roosters in the DEL. Uh, speak to that opportunity and the opportunity to coach professional hockey and how you first uh, found out about the opportunity and moved then to Germany. Yeah, no, so uh, 
uh, I was uh, obviously uh, after the Mooseheads, I was I was fired after my first year as uh, as the head coach of the Mooseheads, and then there was a gap year there. Um, so uh, there was, you know, obviously I was I was looking to uh, to to um, to to coach that year, and I was still on the the Halifax Mooseheads payroll, and there was a few opportunities uh, that were out there. Obviously, they didn't work out. Um, so that year, I've I volunteered uh, with St. Mary's. Uh, St. Mary's uh, coaching staff asked if I'd like to go on and 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 uh, to, to volunteer and and help them at practice and help them with their video. And uh, those are all things that I, I you know I, I thought it was great for me to stay involved. Um, so there was that gap year there. So uh, um, so Jason O'Leary, who is the who is uh, the head coach of uh, Eastland, where I am right now. Uh, Jason and I played against each other uh, uh, during our university days. So Jason played uh, for University of St. Thomas, who's no longer in the league right now on the men's side. Uh, he, was, he played at St. Thomas. He's a Fredericton guy. Um, uh, he, was, uh, he was looking for an assistant coach. Um, so he had reached out. We had chatted uh, about a few, different, uh, a few different other opportunities that might be out there. And he... Uh, you know, he was always checking in to see what I was doing, see uh, to see if I had anything uh, on the go, and uh, you know, other opportunities uh, that were out there. Um, nothing really came came to fruition, or, and I didn't uh, really have anything solid. And so Jason and I started talking more seriously. Um, and I always wanted to go to 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 try pro hockey, whether it was the American League or or obviously uh, to, to move up to the NHL and. Um, so this was an opportunity for me to, to get into pro, um, obviously Germany's a long way from home. My wife is, uh, my wife is an RCMP officer here in, 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 uh, in Halifax. So it was, uh, something that we, uh, uh that we had to talk about and, and she's, you know, she's obviously very supportive of me going over there. Um, uh, she was able to get over a couple of times. So, uh, like I said, Jason, Jason gave me the opportunity. It was a great, uh, it was a great experience for me. Uh, first time coaching, uh, first time coaching pro hockey. Um, obviously the, the, these guys are men. These guys are guys who've, uh, you know, uh, have played in North America, um, for, you know, for a number of years and then went over to Europe. Um, there's, uh, obviously there's, there's German players that have played there 15, 16, uh, 15, 16 years in that league as well too. So, um, a totally different experience in, uh, obviously the culture was different. Um, uh, the, the, uh, the hockey was different, uh, playing on a bigger ice. Uh, these were pro guys. Uh, um, uh, not that I was, uh, not that I was, wasn't used to coaching that age because some university guys are a little bit older as well too, but, uh, this wasn't junior hockey. This was, uh, this was a real good league, 13 team league. That was, a you know, obviously there's some ex NHLers in the, in, in that league as well too. So, real good opportunity for me. And uh, I thank Jason for, uh, for, for bringing me aboard and, and uh, it was a real cool experience. Definitely. And I think the DEL is one of those leagues that people overlook sometimes for the quality of play. And um, like many people, I, I try my best to watch video, whether it's the Swedish elite league or the KHL or the DEL. And I think it's one of those leagues that is almost like a hidden gem at times. And there's some really you know steady play over there and um obviously yeah Stutzel yeah. is a player that is probably bringing more attention to it this year and and some of those guys but I think as a whole it's uh it has a pretty high level of play that people you know should take notice for and obviously a great opportunity to coach in yeah it's it's a really good league it's uh like you said uh you know there's there's potential to be three first round picks you know Stutzler he already said he's ranked uh, second to slash third I guess 
um, behind Byfield. And uh, Paterka is another guy who's, uh, who's, um, who's ranked to go in the first round. And there's also Lucas Reichel, who is uh, another guy who's, who's talked about going first round. So German hockey's come a long way. And, uh, you know, we're allowed 10 imports to play. Uh, to play, you can, uh, you can sign 12, but 10 can be in your lineup. Um, so German hockey's come a long way. I was very impressed with uh, watching uh, some of the uh, some of the youth hockey, minor hockey over there in terms of their development. And uh, you know, if these three guys go first round in the in the National Hockey League, I think it's just gonna it's gonna put German hockey on, on the map. I had the opportunity to watch some under seventeen, under eighteen hockey uh, while I was over there, and uh, it's real good hockey. And and uh, I think uh, I think uh, German hockey is going to be. Uh, is going to be an up and coming country to watch out for. And, you know, obviously there's with Leon Dreisaitl, uh, what he's done this year, you know, potentially could be the, uh, the MVP of the national hockey league too. So that's really going to help German hockey as well. So um, yeah, real cool experience. And uh, I think German hockey is, uh, is going to be, uh, is, is going to be a, a program to watch for sure. Yeah, I totally agree. I think people uh, will quickly know that, uh, you know, German hockey is here to stay and, um, you know, I'm excited to see where it goes moving forward. So over the years, as mm-hmm. we discussed, you've coached everything from, you know, minor and university uh, all the way to pro hockey. Uh, touch on your different approaches at the various levels and what you learned slash took from each level that you, uh, you know, look to use in the future. Yeah, I, I think, like I said, uh, like I said to you earlier, and I'll, I'll start with the, with the, uh, I, I think some of the best things that I, I got to do as a coach uh, uh, was to go back and coach in those high performance uh, programs, whether it was under 14. Uh, I'm involved uh, heavily in spring hockey, uh, uh, spring hockey here in Halifax. And I think that's the best thing for me as a coach is, is to go back because I, I'm, I'm teaching the, the fundamentals, teaching the basics. And, and it brings me back to that, whether, you know, and I look at, you know, examples of this year, coaching guys who've played pro hockey for, for a number of years, you have to tell those guys once, um, and then you don't have to tell them again. Um, but he, you know, obviously in, in, you know, minor hockey and youth hockey, it's, it's, it's repeat and doing a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of things over and over again and, and, uh, just the fundamentals and, you know, crossovers and stick handling and, you know, receiving passes on your back end and shooting with no, uh, with no, uh, you know, with, uh, not overhandling it, just little things like that, I think is, is something that's really helped me as a coach is, is to be involved in those programs and, and to come back and coach, you know, spring hockey in the summer, uh, working with younger kids. And I think that's really helped me as, as a coach. And so just to go back and, and, uh, you know, just remember those little basics and fundamental things that, that, that's really helped me. Um, you know, and obviously in, in, in junior hockey, there's, there's still a lot, uh, there's still a lot of teaching to be involved. Uh, you know, uh, players we draft come from different backgrounds and, and have different coaching levels and, and, you know, they have different development, uh, um, uh, growth periods as well too. So I, I remember our, well, you know, one of my first practices is with the Mooseheads and we were doing a simple, a simple passing drill. And, uh, you know, we wanted to, to uh to to progress into doing something else whether it was a three on two and we were we just i remember ripping up the dom ripping up the uh the the the, the coaches practice or you know the, the 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 practice plan after after the first practice and going man we got to work on the base we got to work on the fundamentals 
uh, before we, you know, before we start wor- worrying about breakouts and line rushes. So, you know, I, I think there's still a lot of, there's still a lot of development and a lot of things that need to be, uh, you know, to, to be, uh, to be done at the junior level as well. And, and, you know, I, I found at the university level that, you know, the guys have been through practicing every day and, you know, the long bus rides and, you know, obviously coming to the, you know, Atlantic Canada, the, you know, the longest bus trip would be from, 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 uh, you know, from Halifax to Fredericton too. So those guys have been through, you know, been through that uh, junior development stage, but, you know, one thing I really enjoyed about university hockey is there was guys there who wanted, still wanted to get to the next level. And it's, uh, you know, that league gets better and better. The AUS hockey league gets better and better every year. And it's, you know, it's a semi-pro hockey league. Now I look at, I look at, you know, guys who have, who have played, you know, who are playing in the DEL right now, who have played at the, you know, the university level here too. So that's really good hockey. And, um, you know, it was, it was a great uh, part of my coaching career to be involved in it. You know, uh, it it seems to be getting better and better every year and more guys want to do it and, uh, you know, to get their education first. And then, you know, this, the CHL does a great job of providing good, school packages for uh for guys to, to to play university hockey so you know that's where I see you know uh you know where my coaching career uh, has come from and where I think that it's you know working at different levels has benefited me as well yeah there's so many different takeaways you can have and obviously like you said the, the minor hockey is going to be different than the junior hockey and, and junior hockey then to university hockey these players are all at different stages in their careers and and then on an individual basis, you know, you look at a player like Nathan McKinnon and someone who's playing at St. Mary's, you know, the person at St. Mary's may be a little older, but they're still at very different stages uh, in their own development. So there's different things you have to learn, but it sounds like you had takeaways from each level, which ultimately is the goal um, go through that process and coaching at different levels en route to progressing to, you know, professional hockey like you are today. So over the years, as we discussed um, a little bit in depth, uh, you know, Joe Thornton and you talked about a couple of different interactions. Uh, you know, you mentioned key experiences and these interactions with players and coaches that you've had during your career. Uh, one of the main experiences maybe was Memorial Cup, but aside from that, discuss one or two of your favorite experiences or memories that you had the date, whether it was just a simple conversation you had in a coach's room or or key event in your, um, you know, the team success. Yeah, obviously, I, I touched on uh, I touched on uh, being able to uh, you know having the opportunity to uh, to play with you know some world class guys and uh, you know uh, you know Joe Thornton's going to be obviously he's going to be a Hall of Famer. Uh, Brian Wilsey ended up playing for uh, for you know for Colorado. Uh, he's now the development coach with Colorado. So it, it's funny how different things work in Belleville I had the chance to play with Danny Cleary who's still involved with uh you know with Detroit and player development uh, we'll see as I said is involved with the player development with Colorado so it's interesting is you know you, you go on road trips or you you sit in your office uh you know in Halifax and you know somebody knocks on the door it's somebody that you've played with or played against and you've had interactions with uh you know interactions with before um so you know those are you know, those, uh, you know, that's a pretty cool, pretty cool, uh, you know, thing I've had to, you know, opportunity to, to, to play with some uh, good guys, um, you know, and, and, you know, you get to see the players that you, you coached and you, you, uh, you know, you had the chance to work with and now they're, you know, they're, they're, they're fighting to, to win a Stanley cup. Uh, you know, I mentioned Ehlers, how 
you know, the playoffs that he's had and, and, you know, McKinnon, who's just been, you know, he's probably arguably one of the top three players in the national hockey league right now. And he's that good. Um, you know, with Drew and, you know, getting to see him here play tonight against Pittsburgh. It's, uh, you know, it's, th those are things that are all, that are all, uh, you know, icing on the cake is to see guys that you, you know, had the opportunity to, you know, to, you know, to have them in your office or, you know, to take them out for lunch or to have lunch with them or, you know, just, just interact with them. You know, I, I don't stay in touch with a lot of guys, you know, because obviously they have busy schedules, but it's always, it's always nice to see, you know, Nathan in the summer and, you know, go on the ice with the, you know, on the ice with him or, you know, just to, just to see how his things are going or send him the odd text message here or there too. So, you know, have the opportunity to play with guys like that and then coach guys is, is pretty cool. And, you know, I had that, you know, like I said earlier, I had that chance to work with two first, two first overall picks. There's not too many, too many uh, coaches who get to do that. So, you know, those are, those are pretty cool things that I, you know, I got to, got to do. And, uh, you know, during that gap year, as I said, I had the chance to go down to, to New Jersey to see Nico play and he scored the overtime winner. And, you know, those are all things that, that you're proud of that, you know, you, one, you know, the guy, one, you coach the guy, and then just to see their success that they've had as well too. So they're making a heck of a lot more money than I'll ever make at the game. But uh, you know, those are, those, those are little, you know, feathers in your cap that you can always uh, say that it's uh, that that's cool too. You know, you know, it's, it's, you know, uh, and we, you know, everybody wants to talk about those NHL guys or those stars or whatever. And, you know, I, I said it earlier, like, you know, I had dinner with Stephen McCauley. He's playing the DEL too in, in Frankfurt. And, you know, I had a little bit of, uh, you know, a little bit of opportunity in the AHL and just a great person, you know, Darcy Ashley just got married uh, on the weekend. He scouts for Halifax now. Just, just guys that, that you, uh, you know, that you really, you know, they're good soldiers for you, good junior hockey players, Brad Cousiners and other guys stay in touch with all the time. And, you know, those guys want to, you know, eventually get into coaching. Brad's starting to coach junior A and Picto this year too. So, you know, it's, it's, it's not, like I said, it's those guys are in the NHL are obviously uh, world-class guys, but you know, those, those, some of those, some of those other guys I mentioned are world-class people as well too. So real fortunate to, to work with good people. Yeah. And when you get to work with great people, it, um, you know, it rubs off on you and you get to learn so many different things. And they say the key to success in hockey is constantly learning and keeping up with the evolution of the game. Uh, you personally, what are some of your favorite resources, whether it be books, seminars, et cetera, that you look to for reference and to continually learn uh, in the game of hockey? Yeah. Uh, you know, like I said, I think this year was, is, you know, it's, it's a different year and, you know, the national hockey league was, was awesome to, uh, to put on during COVID, uh, the webinars that they did, um, uh, throughout the, you know, I think there was one or two a week, uh, you know, three sometimes, uh, during COVID, you know, I took in all those and they were all free, uh, free, um, uh, development opportunities for me. And I think the internet is so it's, it's, it's great now. There's so many people, um, putting different, different clips and different things that they, they see and you're able to pick those up. So, you know, different Zooms and different webinars uh, that this year I can think of off the top of my head. And during COVID, there was some, you know, some, you know, some books, uh, you know, Coach K at Duke, I, I had the opportunity to read his book. That was really uh, cool on how he developed his program and his beliefs on different things that he does. And um, so, yeah, like there's, there's so many good resources in terms of uh, what you can find on the internet. And 
I love watching hockey. I love, uh, you know, seeing something that I write down, uh, you know, at the time on the clock and I'll cut the video the next morning or whenever I can to, you know, to, to, to bring back with me to my staff and say, Hey, look at this. This is what I saw or a, a set face off play, um, you know, that I saw that, you know, we might be able to use an easer loan or, you know, just put in my back pocket if I ever get another head coaching job uh, down the road too. So, there's tons of resources and, uh, you know, I, I think every coach was like that this, you know, this, uh, during COVID, uh, you know, every time you seem to sign up for different things, there was, there was, you know, over hundreds of coaches doing these, you know, different webinars and zooms too. So, um, so yeah, it was, uh, obviously crazy times. And I think all of us, uh, you know, missed hockey for the three, four months that it was not on TV and now it's on six times a day or six games a day. So, uh, I've been loving it. So uh, my wife doesn't like it, but uh, this has been, this has been awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's a big one to to kind of go from nothing to, yeah. like you said, you, you get up in the morning and the game's on and we go to bed, the game's still going on. And it's great to hear about those resources. And um, like yourself, I, I've kind of gravitated towards some of those resources and um, webinars and, you know, there's, there's a number of them out there and analytics conferences and, and all these different things and Pod, podcasts there's you know there's been lots of podcasts that have been uh steve carroll and uh steve carroll's done a good one and then steve kerr that 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 podcast was awesome that i heard about and you know there, there's tons out there to, to you know to to get at the odd thing here or there and uh, to, to take back with you or to put in your back pocket and write down so it uh yeah there's lots of great resources and it's uh you know it's been crazy times and i'm glad uh, i'm glad people have been doing it and and, uh, you know, coaches always want to be coached. So it's, uh, it's, uh, it's been good. Yeah, it really has been. Um, another way to learn is through interaction with mentors. Who are some of the mentors who have helped you succeed in your career to date? Yeah, uh, you know, I, I'm not much of a, a, a big, uh, you know, a big name dropper, but, uh, you know, Gerard Gallant is a guy who uh, I had the opportunity to, to meet, uh, um, through some mutual friends and, uh, and through ball, uh, you know, he's just, he was a softball player as well. And I was, a, you know, played a lot of softball. Uh, and then when I was uh, in St. John, he ended up taking, uh, taking over the Sea Dogs after I was. And I, I had a little, um, between the Sea Dogs and uh, the Mooseheads, I had worked at RNS at the prep school and, and um, Gerard Glant and Mike Kelly were, uh, it took over the, took over the Sea Dogs. So, um, I had the opportunity to, to hang out with them a little bit, uh, um, go down and see them, uh, during training camp or after games and, and different things. And, um, obviously I had the chance to coach against them when I was with the Mooseheads too. So stayed in touch with Gerard and Mike, uh, two great, uh, resources, mentors. I, you know, I remember calling them when we were in Germany or sending them a text, uh, you know, what are you doing on your D zone or what are you doing on your power play? Um, uh, great resources just good people care about maritime guys. And, uh, you know, obviously with Jason's background, Jason knew Mike, uh, Mike a bit. Uh, so Trevor Steinberg, who, uh, just retired 23, 24 year career with the uh, St. Mary's, uh, was, has been great for me, recruited me, gave me a chance. Uh, I was his captain, uh, you know, uh, him and I talk hockey all the time. Uh, you know, whether it's video drills or, you know, just, just, you know, on the golf course, just talking about, Hey, did you see this and that? So, I've been lucky to, uh, to, you know, to be able to, uh, to, to be networked, uh, you know, just through the CHL and, you know, just meeting different coaches who've, uh, Dominic Ducharme is a guy, you know, uh, who I uh, coach with here with the Mooseheads and won the Morrell Cup as assistant coach in Montreal. Uh, I had a chance to go see him two years ago in Montreal. So 
just, uh, you know, just try and stay connected uh, with guys that I've worked with or guys that I've coached against. Uh, so I've been, I, I've been lucky to, uh, you know, like I said, uh, you know, Daniel Cleary, you know, I, I saw him obviously with drafting Zadina. Um, you know, he was, he's been out here before, um, obviously uh, watching Zadina and, and Jared McIsaac uh, to see those guys too. So, yeah, it's just about staying connected and then just, you know, keep interacting with people. And it's, it's just funny how it works is hot. There's so many good people in hockey and, and, you know, if you, if you, uh, if you're nice to them, they're usually nice back to you. And, uh, you know, I haven't met too many bad people in hockey. Well, that's for sure. And, um, yeah, I, I'm in the same way. I've, I've met and talked with hundreds of people, but I don't think I've ever met someone bad in hockey uh, through these numerous interactions that you've had. Describe some of the major lessons that you have learned that uh, really stuck with you throughout your career. You know, and I, I, you know, I, I, uh, one thing I, I, I really like about Gerard Gallant is, uh, you know, he's always humble. He's always nice to people. Uh, he always remembers where he comes from. I, you know, I know he's, he's got a, you know, a group of buddies that he's, you know, he plays poker with at, uh, you know, uh, I think Sunday nights or Monday nights that he, golfs with he golfs with the same group of guys I think it's just being humble and just remember where you come from um you know my parents were always you know good you know two good hard-working people and I think you know I work hard at everything I've done and uh that I've learned from them too so it's you know it's about working hard being nice uh, uh you know to everybody you meet and uh, you know I look at uh, you know I mentioned Trevor Stein where he's you know the same way he's had me out numerous times for you know dinners and you know kept me involved in different things, uh, you know, with being an alumni at the school too. So it's just about being humble and just remembering where you come from and, 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 uh, and, uh, you know, not getting too far ahead of yourself. And, and, uh, you know, those are just different things that I've picked up. Yeah. Those are all great points that you picked up and obviously things that I'm sure you've used on a daily basis. And uh, a lot of times people will look at those lessons and maybe you get caught up in a moment or kind of get lost in your way. And you look back to that and say, okay, this is what I got to do and kind of set yourself straight in a way. Uh, as a final question, I ask this to everybody, if you could look back in time, maybe uh, when you were just finishing up your playing career or uh, in someone who was in a similar, similar situation, maybe looking to get out of playing and into coaching and hoping to one day, you know, win a Memorial cup or, or coaching the DEL or whatever it may be, what's one piece of advice that you would give them to help them be successful? I just think it doesn't come easy. Um, you know, I, it's, you, you know, you still have to work at it. Um, you know, I, I don't think there's, there's not a day where I try not to learn something new or trying to, to try and, uh, you know, uh, improve myself, uh, as a person, as a coach. And I think it's, you know, I think that's, that's, you know, one of the most important things is, is, you know, like I said, is, is I'll watch the game tonight and just try and learn something. And, you know, I probably watched the game a little bit, you know, I'm a huge fan of hockey, but I also like the technical side and watching, you know, breakouts and the, in, you know, the systems, the systems of the game as well too. So I think you have to uh, keep on top of it, stay, you know, stay evolved, stay fresh, um, you know, be willing to learn, uh, be willing to go outside the box. Uh, um, you know, obviously you as a coach have your own set, you know, set values and rules and what you believe in. But I think it's, it's, uh, you know, you have to learn to spread your wings and, and uh, become better and, and be a listener too, is not just a, it's not just to be a teller or a coach. And, you know, sometimes it's good to listen and, 
and the players now are so smart and so fast and so good. They're way better than when I played and, you know, they seem to be getting better and better every year. And, you know, they, their um, development and their learning curve is, is so high and that their standards are so high. And, and, you know, that's the fun part about working with, you know, elite and the best players is they want to get better too. And I think they appreciate you as a coach wanting to get better and wanting to learn. And, you know, you can learn from, players as well too so you know those are just things I would suggest for uh, you know coaches and uh, you know and get involved and you know it's not not all about uh, you know I remember my first year as an assistant coach down at Acadia and I you know I don't think I was making forty thousand dollars I think it was like you know it was thirty thousand dollars and you know uh, you know some meal tickets at at a you know at the at the at the dining hall so you know, you got to work for it and, um, you know, you got to pay your dues and, you know, um, you know, just make sure that you're, when you move up, that you're, you know, you're ready to move up. Don't try and get too fast and, and too far, too far ahead of it. You know, I was a assistant coach for six years before I had the chance to be a head coach too. So, you know, there's, there's some, uh, you know, you got, you got to pay your dues and you got to learn along the way too. And, you know, just make sure you're ready and, and, you know, be involved and, 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 and listen too. Yeah, all great points, and I think everybody listening will will gravitate towards those uh, pieces of advice and and use them as they move forward. Uh, Jim, I just want to thank you for taking some time to come on the podcast and, and share your story, and um, very insightful and very candid. And once again, thank you for taking the time to speak with me today. Thanks, Ryan. All right, take care. Hey, buddy. I'd like to thank Jim for taking some time out of his day to join me on the podcast and break down his career to date. Immediately, I was intrigued by the experiences with players like Joe Thornton and Nathan McKinnon, but as we were able to hear, there's a lot more to Jim's story. So again, I'd like to thank him for sharing. If you would like to get in touch with Jim to discuss his experiences, I encourage you to reach out to him directly or contact Podcast at Outlook.com and I can look to make that connection for you. On the next episode of the podcast, I'll be joined by Spiro Sinastis, the head coach and director of hockey operations with the Brampton Beast. Having spent time in the ECHL, I was immediately interested in having Spiros join me, and he did not disappoint, bringing to the forefront an extremely unique background, so you'll want to listen in to that episode on Sunday. As a final note, I'd like to once again thank everyone for the support and the continued interaction, as we have seen a lot of growth in the podcast as of late. We have a number of great guests coming soon, so stay tuned, stay safe, and all the best.